This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila and it is time for Popit Popit Parliament where we bring you updates from the Dewan Rakyat. So let's start with this question from Putrajaya MP Dr. Radzi Jidin who wanted to know when the targeted subsidies will be implemented. Also asking whether the government can guarantee that the price of goods will not increase once the targeted subsidies are put in place. So Deputy Minister of Finance, Datuk Sri Ahmad Maslan, said that while subsidies and aid had been successful in reducing the impact from uh, the rise in uh, cost of living in the past, this untargeted approach has led to leakages. And so the Deputy Minister reiterated the government's commitment towards implementing targeted subsidies, listing down the steps that the government is taking to do this. Langkah pertama yang diambil adalah melalui pemberian subsidi bil elektrik secara bersasar pada separuh tahun 2023 apabila sebahagian kos dilepaskan kepada industri termasuk perbadanan multinasional. Melalui langkah ini, kerajaan masih menanggung jumlah subsidi sebanyak RM10.8 bilion ringgit berbanding jumlah asal sebanyak RM14.9 bilion. Ringgit. Sekarang ini ia sudah dilaksanakan iaitu uh, bermula bulan Januari hingga bulan Januari dan kita menjimat uh, wang rakyat, wang kerajaan 4.1 bilion ringgit dengan mengadakan subsidi bersasa elektrik bagi mengimbangi tanggungan subsidi dengan keperluan untuk terus memelihara kebajikan dan kesejahteraan rakyat kerajaan sedang meneroka langkah menambah baik pemberian subsidi secara lebih bersasar bagi mengurangkan ketirisan uh, dan mengoptimumkan perbelanjaan kepada program dan projek yang memberi nilai tambah kepada rakyat dan ekonomi negara Untuk makluman, satu pasukan petugas khas telah diwujudkan di bawah Kementerian Kewangan untuk bekerjasama dengan Kementerian Jabatan Agensi yang terlibat bagi meneliti keperluan dan keboleh laksanaan pemberian subsidi secara bersasar dan mengenal pasti kaedah yang bukan sahaja berkesan malah menjimatkan masa serta memberi implikasi kewangan paling minimum kepada kerajaan. Ini termasuklah mengumpul data dari Jabatan Pengangkutan Jalan JPJ, Jabatan Pendaftaran Negara JPN, Lembaga Hasil Dalam Negeri LHDN. Penetapan kriteria kelayakan masih belum diputuskan. Namun, usaha membangunkan pusat data yang komprehensif sedang dibuat bagi membantu kerajaan menetapkan kriteria yang bersesuaian berdasarkan data yang diperolehi. Perasanan pemberian subsidi secara bersasa ini akan dibuat secara berperingkat tertakluk kepada ketersediaan serta mengekalkan fokus kerajaan dalam memastikan kos sara hidup rakyat utamanya golongan B40 tidak terjejas. In his follow-up question, the Putrajaya MP asked to reveal the eligibility criteria to receive these subsidies. Uh, he said this was important to ensure that even those in the M40 don't get left out once they're enforced. He also asked what approach will be used to implement these targeted subsidies, whether it will be through cash transfers, coupons or other methods. Semuanya masih dirangka, ya, Muhammad uh, Putrajaya. Tetapi kita sedang... Uh menyiapkan apa yang panggil sebagai sistem kawalan diesel bersubsidi SKDS kita sedang menyiapkan sistem itu dan sistem itu dijangka siap pada separuh tahun kedua 2023 sama ada Jun, Julai, Ogos untuk menyiapkan sistem kawalan diesel bersubsidi berarti lepas elektrik ini diesel petrol 
tak nampak lagi bila nak dilaksanakan. Satu lagi ialah uh, kita sedang melaksanakan, uh, sedang uh, melakukan kajian terhadap ECOSS, E-COS, E-Cooking Oil Subsidy Scheme dengan izinnya. Uh, untuk uh, uh, tracking minyak uh, masak 1 kilogram itu daripada pengeluar hingga ke peruncit. Uh, jadi ini dua yang sedang kita uh, lakukan. Uh, kemudian satu lagi perkara apabila disebut uh, tentang M40T20 ya. Uh, penggunaan contoh saya ambil petrol subsidi ini uh, 22% digunakan oleh B40. Hanya 22%. Kemudian M40, 46% mengguna subsidi petrol, uh, RON95. Uh, T20 mengguna 32%. Jadi kalau 32%, kita darapkan dengan lebih kurang 50 bilion subsidi. Uh, kalau kita uh, tidak berikan kepada T20, kita boleh menjimatkan sebagaimana saya sebut sebelum ini 16 ke 17 bilion. Terima kasih. You just heard the Deputy Minister of Finance, Dr. Sri Ahmad Mazlan. Let us know what do you think about this? How do you feel about targeted subsidies and the way that this administration is planning to roll them out? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Next up, Malaysia's favourite topic, food. So Balik Pulau MP, Datuk Mohd Bakhtia Wanchik, wanted to know whether our local delicacies like kuih lompat tikam can be as popular as, say, croissants. So the MP said that local delicacies weren't being promoted as much by the Tourism, Arts and Culture Ministry, especially in hotspots such as Bukit Bintang. And he added that the food in the area mostly consisted currently of Middle Eastern cuisine and not necessarily local food, which he felt should be equally promoted. This is such a good point. Sorry, before before we get to the response, this is actually a very good point, particularly in this neighbourhood, which sees a lot of foot traffic. And it is, you know, Kunefa, Kunefa, Kunefa Central and not necessarily any quays. Um, and I think about that a lot, particularly when, um, for instance, if you take a walk around even TTDI, say on a Friday night, and all of the local food trucks, sure, you may not see kueh, but you see such interesting variations of local food as well as mac and cheese or a sandwich or whatever. Um, I would love to see that more in areas that tourists are in. And if we're talking about kueh, 100%. Now, with that said, though, the Tourism, Arts and Culture Minister, Datuk Sri Tiongking Singh, denied that the ministry neglected local traditional delicacies when it comes to promotional activities. He said various steps have been taken to promote them so that they will be popular and enjoyed, especially by the younger generation. He added that the ministry, via the National Heritage Department, had published several books on these local traditional eats as well. Hulu Trunganu MP, Datuk Rosul Wahid, then asked the ministry if there are plans to introduce a quote-unquote Malaysian dish. And he made comparisons to neighbouring countries like Thailand who have national dishes like Tom Yam. Here's what the minister said. Kita Malaysia memang ada juga. Kita ada nasi lemak. Macam-macam ada. Nasi kerabu pun ada. Inilah. Nasi takan lagi. Ha. Macam-macam kita ada. Ini talang ini... Perkara ini, itulah kita Motek akan membuat baik uh, uh, naik tarafkan kita punya website ataupun kita akan mendubuhkan satu apps. Dalam sana kita akan berpromosi lagi banyak-banyak makanan uh, di negara kita. Sekian, terima kasih. 
that was Tourism, Arts and Culture Minister Datuk uh, Minister Datuk Sri Tiong Keng Singh. And uh, let us know, do you think our local quays and delicacies have what it takes to be as popular as uh, the croissant? And what do you think our quote-unquote Malaysian dish should be? You can call 77332900, tweet us at BFM Radio, or send us a voice note or WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. Now moving on, Indra Makota MP Datuk Sri Saifuddin Abdullah asked the Ministry of Education to talk about the status of recruitment for new teachers in 2022. He also asked them to list in detail uh, the teacher recruitment according to subject options for the years 2016 to 2022 and the projection of teacher recruitment for 2023 to 2027. Here is what the Deputy Minister of Education, Lim Hui Ying, responded with. Untuk maklumat ahli yang berhormat, bagi tahun 2021 sehingga Januari 2023, KPM telah melaksanakan pengambilan seramai 22,327 orang guru melibatkan sebanyak 148 bidang pengkhususan melalui kaedah one-off dan kluster mata pelajaran sebagai strategi untuk memastikan isu kekurangan guru dapat diatasi. Beberapa bidang pengkhususan diberi perhatian antaranya adalah bahasa Inggeris, bahasa Melayu, pendidikan Islam, matematik dan sejarah. Urusan pengambilan ini akan berterusan bagi tahun 2023 dan seterusnya bagi mengisi kekosongan di sekolah-sekolah. Lanjutan daripada itu, penyediaan unjuran ambilan guru baharu tahun 2023 sehingga 2027 bagi bekalan sekolah menengah dan sekolah rendah KPM telah disediakan berdasarkan data pada 31 Disember 2022. Data unjuran ambilan guru baharu sekolah KPM secara keseluruhan bagi tahun 2023 hingga 2027 adalah antara 16,886 hingga 20,081 guru. KPM akan sentiasa menyimak data unjuran dari semasa ke semasa berdasarkan keperluan. Sekian, terima kasih. That was Deputy Minister of Education, Lim Hui Ying. Uh, now, in case you missed those numbers, the Deputy Minister said that from 2021 to January this year, the MOE had recruited 22,327 teachers involving 148 areas of specialization through the subject cluster method. And this was for the one-off recruitment of teachers as a strategy to ensure that the shortage of teachers could be addressed. She also added that the ministry projects the recruitment of 16 1,886 to 20,081 new teachers for the next five years. Now, in closing, Sri Aman MP Datuk Sri Doris Sophia Anak Brody asked the Ministry of Women, Family and Community Development to state the ministry's immediate measures to deal with the issue of child abuse and other social issues among children. The Minister of Women, Family and Community Development, uh, Datuk Sri Nancy Shukri, responded to this. Antara langkah-langkah segera yang telah dilaksanakan oleh KPWKM adalah mewujudkan garis panduan pengurusan penempatan kanak-kanak kepada ibu bapa dan orang yang layak dan sesuai ataupun OYLS. Melalui garis panduan ini, pegawai pelindung JKM mempunyai rujukan dan panduan secara terperinci dalam proses membuat syur pihak yang layak menjadi OYLS sebelum diputuskan oleh mahkamah. Selain daripada itu, pegawai pelindung JKM terus diberikan pendedahan serta latihan yang berterusan dalam usaha mempertingkat dan melengkapkan mereka dengan pengetahuan dan kemahiran. 
Selain daripada itu juga Pendua KPWKM juga Turut menubuhkan mesyuarat panel Penempatan kanak-kanak Kepada orang yang layak dan sesuai Di peringkat JKM Negeri yang akan dipengerusikan Oleh pengarah kebajikan Masyarakat negeri yang turut Melibatkan keahlian pejabat kebajikan Masyarakat daerah dan pelindung Bagi kes pemeliharaan Dan pelindungan kanak-kanak Yang ditempatkan dalam jagaan Orang yang bukan ibu Atau bapa kanak-kanak Di samping itu Akta Kanak-Kanak 2001 telah dipindah pada tahun 2016 bagi memastikan kanak-kanak terus diberi keutamaan dari aspek perlindungan, pemeliharaan dan pemulihan. Antara pindaan yang telah dimasukkan adalah meningkatkan hukuman kepada individu yang melakukan penganiayaan atau mendedahkan kanak-kanak sehingga mengakibatkan kanak-kanak mengalami kecederaan fizikal, emosi atau seksual di bawah Seksyen 31 dalam kurungan 1 Akta Kanak-Kanak 2001. Kerajaan juga akan mengemukakan pindaan ke atas akta kesalahan-kesalahan jenayah seksual terhadap kanak-kanak tahun 2017 yang bertujuan untuk menangani kesalahan jenayah seksual yang dilakukan terhadap kanak-kanak dengan lebih berkesan. Saya difahamkan RUU tersebut akan dikemukakan untuk bacaan kali pertama pada hari ini oleh yang berhormat menteri di Jabatan Perdana Menteri. Seperti yang tertera dalam uh, aturan utusan urusan masyarakat Dewan pada hari ini Untuk makluman pusat jagaan yang menyediakan perkhidmatan jagaan untuk kanak-kanak Ditubuhkan di bawah Akta Pusat Jagaan 1993 Bagi memastikan kebajikan, kesejahteraan dan keselamatan penghuni di pusat per, berkenaan terjamin Antara tindakan penguatkuasaan yang telah dilaksanakan oleh CKM dalam memastikan pusat-pusat jagaan ini beroperasi mengikut peraturan yang ditetapkan adalah seperti melaksanakan lak ataupun sita, pendawaan dan compound. Pada masa yang sama, task force dengan izin pemutihan dan tindakan penguatkuasaan ke atas pusat jagaan yang tidak berdaftar turut telah ditubuhkan. Yang Tuan Ibtua masih ada lagi tetapi akan saya beri secara bertulis untuk jawapan penuhnya. Ya. Terima kasih. That was Minister of Women, Family and Community Development, Datuk Sri Nancy Shukri. Are you satisfied? Let us know that the ministry is uh, with what the ministry is doing to deal with child abuse. What other initiatives would you like to see in this area? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. And that is a wrap on today's day one Rakyat sitting. Uh, just a quick recap: We talked today about when targeted subsidies are going to be implemented and whether the government can guarantee that the price of goods are not going to increase once that does happen. Uh, also, the question of whether local delicacies like kueh can be as popular as croissants and what the ministry is doing to promote that teacher recruitment and projection of future teacher recruitments, as well as the government's immediate measures to deal with the issue of child abuse. As always, uh, weigh in, let us know what you think and keep it here, BFM 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It's 7.38 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sharmila. And uh, before we move to a quick look back at Popit Popit Parliament, where I think one, predictably, one topic has risen head and shoulders above the rest. And that is the question of a Malaysian dish or um, the representation of Malaysian food on our 
I guess what you would call our high streets. And this is hotspots. Yeah. And, and this mm. is because uh, this was raised by the Balik Pulau MP, uh, Dr. Muhammad Bakhtia Wan Chik, uh, that local delici- delicacies, Kuei Lompat Tikam specifically, are seen as not as popular as something like the croissant. So the question was, how can we make it so? Um, what measures could we take? You know, is that even possible? But then also, what should be a Malaysian dish that represents us the way Tom Yam represents Thailand? Uh, if you want to weigh in, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight. 789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. So um, let's start off with a voice note. This is Sharon. I want to share an experience uh, along uh, quite some time ago when my child was uh, uh, representing Malaysia to the Little Miss World pageant. She was only nine years old. So one of the events at this uh, at Turkey at that time was a uh, uh, cultural exchange and they requested for food. So we had to pack some Malaysian uh, food there. And one of the things that I noticed was rempeyek because we brought rempeyek to Turkey and these kids from all over the world, they just simply love it. So they kept coming back to our booth to eat more rempeyek and more rempeyek. So I think some of our traditional food are actually, if you actually promote it, it can be something that people all around the world would want to learn would want to eat it so I totally agree and I think we do not promote enough so they do not know about our traditional food Sharon, thank you so much for that voice note. I love that story and I think it's also true, it is absolutely true that we maybe don't consider our food in the same light as we do ex- quote-unquote exotic foods from other countries and we don't give it the same shine and the mention of rempeh, and for that matter, the MP bringing up Kuei Lompatikam is actually really interesting because they are food that maybe many of us would inherently recognize, but they're not food items that automatically come up when we talk about what would you suggest to someone when they want to try Malaysian snacks? And that's interesting because there's so much that we could be promoting. And I also think that there's a real market, especially in tourist areas, to try sort of the lesser known heroes of our Malaysian food scene. Something I wanted to bring up just now, um, but I, I didn't want to interrupt the flow of Popit Popit Parliament, is that you know how you see people lining up outside cafes, especially new ones, uh, especially ones that are very much hyped or that, that have novelty flavors whatever it may be. I think that one element of the conversation that I just want to highlight is that you see the same sort of reaction, to be honest, with very popular queer spots. So I don't think it's necessarily that people don't love queer. Um, I think it's that we just don't give it the same amount of, uh, we don't maybe give it the same amount of hype. It's maybe more WhatsApp groups than it is Instagram, perhaps. Uh, but I think that if you look at the lines outside of popular queer shops, it also reflects A, their enduring popularity, um, and B, the amount of time they take to make. Because once they sell out, they sell out. No, I completely agree. And I think some of this also has to do with um, maybe we don't have enough of a... Um, we don't think enough about what would appeal. If, if the question here is tourism, of course, we're not thinking broadly enough about what might appeal to people. Um, and there's a lot about things like Instagrammability, um, trying something new and exotic that you can't get anywhere else. The whole, if you don't go by 9am and line up for two hours, you won't get it. There are many things that work in terms of becoming a tourist 
withdraw. TIDJ says, I don't know about the quiz in Bukit Bintang. We cannot both behave in a capitalistic way, free market, and yet at the same time want socialistic interference. There are a few good Nusantara restaurants in that area. Granted, they're significantly more expensive than the nasi champo prices I associate with Malay or local cuisine. Uh, that's a really good point. I actually don't think that what we need to be doing is saying no one else should be having restaurants in tourist areas. I'm quite happy to have a diversity of cuisines, but I think more can be done simultaneously to encourage local popularity. Food court representation, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, that sort of setting seems to me to be quite an appropriate one. Munif says, Lompat Tikam can't be the face of the nation because the nation itself has problems locating said Lompat Tikam. It's not exactly a commonly found food. Roti Chanai and all its variants, however, now that's a perfectly varied ambassador, aptly reflecting the nature of our of our multifaceted nation. I agree. Vote for Roti Chana is always welcome. Um, Shamil has a thought which actually has always appealed to me, so I'm very partial to this. But first, Shamil says, really, another useless app that hardly anyone is going to download. Um, that is in reference to the minister's um, proposal of having an app related to tourism. Uh, but um, Shamil goes on to say, on a side note, our national cuisine should be nasi lemak and laksa. The variations of laksa, according to region, can also be highlighted to attract tourists to venture out to those places. Right now, most tourists only focus on the KL area. Um, and I say I love that message because um, when I was in Mumbai a few years ago, you could go to one restaurant that allows you to sample cuisine from the many different states around India. And I remember thinking at that time how cool it would be to have perhaps one restaurant that allowed you to try the many kinds of laksa. If it exists, please tell me. I'd love to go. Yes, and uh, represent it fairly. Well, yes. Yeah. Because you know that these sort of state loyalties can get in the way. Do you know what I mean? If you have somebody from a particular state, they might be over-representing. But I, I think that Laksa is a very, very good shout. Um, Mizi has a separate point. I don't think that it's fair to hold the tourism ministry solely responsible for failure to promote. Taste is a subjective thing. One person's meat may be another's poison. Furthermore, the varying skills of the chefs or cooks would also affect the popularity a particular dish may have. We can do with more concrete and constructive suggestions to get our economy going. The nitpicking should stop. By the way, croissants were not always popular in the old days. It was some business-minded baker who did something to introduce it to the Malaysian public. I don't think the French government set up a game plan to make them popular to the world at large. Honestly, rather tired of the smart idea that some MPs think would pass muster as having done their job. Um, by the way, we're all ambassadors of the country, so why not promote food directly to our visitors? Easy, I do. Just to say, but all the um, time, yeah, all the time, mm -hmm. incessantly. In fact, I also put down Singaporeans sometimes. Anyway, um, I wanted to say that the point about marketing, though, is a well-made one because um, a lot of these things—croissants, macarons, uh, bagels from New York—have as much to do with very, very good. Um, PR campaigns as they do with the food itself. Although, yes, a good croissant is a thing of beauty. I, I'm i wondering, so with France, it's, it's difficult to say. Uh, I don't necessarily think that they had a make croissants great again campaign. No, I think it's a soft culture thing, right? It's soft, soft culture. Power. Yeah. Um, it, it is soft power. And it's also the fact that they pride themselves on not the product, but patisserie as a whole. So because they've exported that, so then that becomes the thing that they are known for. Um, you could argue that the baguette is equally stereotypically mm. French, right? But I'm thinking of things like Dalgona um, and how that's become so intensely associated with, with Korea and 
Yeah, maybe it's not as it's something as outright as a campaign, but certainly the soft power thing is a, is a real issue. Um, meanwhile, Rose says, I think the popularity of the croissant is as much to do with saying something in fancy French, often mispronounced to sound atas, as it is the taste. So perhaps we call our local desserts croissants. I'm sure that will help boost sales, especially in places like Bangsa and Tamantun. But Ro, how will they know if I'm ordering a croissant or a croissant? What if I mix up my order? You know, all we're doing is opening up the door for somebody to stuff a quay into a croissant, thus angering everyone. I feel like this is going to happen. Rose already opened the gate. I don't want that. And it's Pasa Ramadan. It's a time for experimentation. It's going to happen. A santan croissant. <laughs> I'm just trying to think it through. Actually, a santan croissant sounds rather might, might be Yes, yes. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. speaking aloud, maybe. Uh, meanwhile, we've also got uh, a voice note that's come in from Roberto. I'm a foreigner and I am not quite sure of what I'm about to say, okay? But if sate is original from Malaysia... That's one of the very good um, dishes that I can tell you. It could become very famous. It's rich in flavor. It can be made out of different kind of meat. And the sauce, the peanut sauce that accompanies it is just delicious. So, and if you realize it's similar to something that foreigners used to eat, and it's not so spicy neither. So it could cater for many different palates around the world. I guess, guys, you should push for sate to be the Malaysian national dish. Roberto, thanks for that. Um, Indonesia will come for our heads. <laughs> they will. They will. But we can share. We did do the whole joint kabaya application. Maybe sate is not far behind. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's kind of, I feel like we're reopening the door to the rendang discussion and I want to like step slowly back because, because that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. But if we try to make the sole claim on sate, I tell you Indonesia will come for our heads. There's no other way and I wouldn't blame them. Um, I do think it is a great contender, though, for the dish that we should be promoting. Easy to eat, can walk around while munching on a stick. You have gone very multinational, you know, because you are pro roti canai and satay. So you are very um, global, I think, in your approach. I think I'm thinking about it primarily as traveller who's new to Malaysia. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be nationalistic. I'm actually just trying not to like trot all over people's toes as we claim their breads and their, their meat skewers. I agree. I think I also sometimes like the conflict though. Yeah, I can the Twitter tell. Wars. You've got a mood today. You I definitely, know. there's a mood on you. Um, let us know, do you think that we need to do more to promote our local delicacies, traditional delicacies in particular, things like kueh? And uh, what would be a Malaysian dish, the likes of which we see, uh, you know, in terms of Tom Yam for Thailand? You can let us know that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp. 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio and keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.